This is the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toyson Ford. Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Montesano. So excited to have you join us on a program that talks about the sports right here in Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, and the entire Chippewa Valley. So let's not waste any time and let's round those bases locally. We got plenty to get to. We'll touch on the Chippewa Steel, Eau Claire Marathon over this last weekend. A few UW Eau Claire athletics as well. But we begin with this. The WIAA late last week passed what is called a competitive balance plan. And I want to touch on this because you may have seen it covered last week. You may have seen something on social media about this but it's ripe this sort of thing is ripe for the game of telephone to take place because I don't necessarily know a lot of people have been diving right into this it's not going to take effect for a couple of seasons and no matter how much into say softball or baseball you are on a high school level people's interest isn't as peaked in high school athletics as it is during say football and basketball season it's just a different type of level of interest at this time of year so sometimes these these stories people pass them over because there's other things that are drawing your attention than high school sports decisions as opposed to say the 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 decisions that were made back in the fall that we discussed here about certain schools not being allowed to play in the high school football playoffs because of basically bureaucratic nonsense and adults getting in the way of kids and adults trying to live their fantasy of of running sports. But that's a whole other thing for a whole other day. This WIAA competitive balance plan very much has an impact on the local sports scene especially when you're thinking about Regis football and McDonnell basketball, when you're thinking of those two. But this is an issue that is statewide as well. But locally, the biggest impact with this competitive balance plan is Regis football and McDonnell basketball. So what is this competitive balance plan, which is for all sports except for swimming and diving along with track and field, which are just just different entities with how state tournaments are, are put together. But this covers soccer, it covers uh, volleyball, it covers baseball, softball, it covers football, it covers basketball, hockey, and all of that. Basically what the idea is, is the way the postseason is laid out now is done by enrollment. So you're at the Division One level, the D2, D3, so on, by enrollment level. You have X amount of students, you are in X block and that will continue as the first step so hey you're in the postseason you have x amount of students so you are in division three that will continue but now they will also have a more subjective criteria after that they're adding a subjective criteria after that in which they are going to look at the previous three years of competition for a school So if you are a, say, D4 school or a D5 school, but you have been dominating for the last number of years and 
maybe typically in the regular season, you're playing bigger schools and you're beating them, the competition committee may move you up a level or two. So while you are a quote-unquote small team, you're better than everybody else, and it's going to make things much more fairer for the smaller school, and you can still compete with the bigger school. It's not as though they're going to be just feeding the, feeding the smaller school to the Lions at the higher level. That's not the idea. They, they still want to make sure that smaller school, if they're playing up, they're going to be competitive, but they also want to increase the competition at the lower level and give them an opportunity, which, when you think about it, does make an awful lot of sense. To put it in another perspective, think of the business environment. Think of business. And we'll try to keep it as simple as possible. And there's times, by the way, where this analogy just does not work out because the, the human, just human sociology should come into play and, and who should get the first run. But take there's a, there's a promotion available at your workplace. There is a new position that there's a new vice president position that has opened up at the company. And you've got the person that has been there doing a good job for 10 years. They're doing a good job. But you also have that person that's been there for just a couple of years, and they're doing a bang-up job. And they're, they're simply just doing better work. All right? By the sort of tradition, you should just move the, the, the more experienced person on. But the other person may just simply be better, and you're going to move them up ahead. Same sort of idea here, all right? Not all schools that have, say, 500 student enrollment are the same for any number of reasons. It could be the youth system of a particular sport. It could just be the demographics of that area. There are areas that just have better baseball than others and areas that have better football than others and areas that have better basketball than others for any number of reasons and this idea is to try to increase the competitive balance so where does that bring us locally and you can see it going you know for the elitists and kind of i just did it myself but the elitists that that put together these fancy press releases can talk all about competitive balance and and spin it but the reality is what this is to ultimately do and i don't think it's a shame to flat out address it is this is to prevent a situation like Regis football which may be an enrollment of xyz but in reality Regis football the last couple of years has played at a at a at a level three or four times higher than what they really are they dominated the clover belt dominated schools like mondovi that were what two or three divisions higher than them this is to prevent a situation like that where Regis has been steamrolling in the postseason up until the state championship game. And, of course, they've won it recently, too. This is to prevent that from happening over a sustained period of time. This is not to stop a school from having a one- or a two-year run of dominance, but it is to try to prevent a school, not to any fault of their own, by the way. It's not Regis's fault, but this is to try to balance out the competition level is what it is to not put Regis at a position where they are going to 
automatically now start to lose games where there's a running clock in the second half. This is not to start putting Regis in a position where they're now going to start to have it handed to them, but to put them into a position where they're playing competitive games in the playoffs as opposed to dominating teams year in and year out until the tail end of the postseason. And it's also now to give the teams that are currently in the same division as, say, a Regis, a better opportunity. Because outside of luck, flukes, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, any given week, outside of that, on paper, these schools have not had a shot to beat Regis. They just haven't. You know, all the heart, all the gumption in the world, but at the end of the day, if Regis showed up and played good, you were not going to beat him. It, you did not have an opportunity to beat them. That is the case in a lot of high school sports. Because it's not very balanced with high school sports. You have a lot of mismatches. Because you're not going out there and building teams. This isn't like college or pros. You, 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 you have the cards that you have. You know, the kids are in the school. That's, that's what it is. And I mentioned Regis, but the same with McDonald basketball. That if McDonald basketball is dominating all the time for a three, four-year period, maybe they play up one division. This does have a bias towards the private schools. Let's not, let's not say no to that. This does have a bias towards the private schools, and I know people would say the private schools are annoyed at something like this because it's not at any fault of their own. I know people make claims of recruiting and stuff like that, and I always come back down to this. And I've heard some things, by the way, that maybe have some validity, but I always come back with this. If any high school coach at a private school anywhere across the country is going into some kid's living room like they're a college coach, they're they're just sad. I don't think it happens nearly as much as people think it does. I do, though, think you you might have some parents that reach out to coaches, that reach out to schools. I do think that probably does happen, but you just can't stop it. And it's not just athletics. You know, it's not just athletics. People move their kids into private schools for any number of reasons. So let's not turn this into a private schools are bad, public schools are automatically good, or the public schools are terrible and the private schools are bad. This is, it just is what it is. But there is a bias with this competitive balance plan to, you know, that's, kind of against the private schools. I don't think there's any way to look at it differently, but I'm excited to see how this plays out. In a great world, you're going to still see a school like Regis in football, which has been so good for the last decade plus. They're still going to be competitive, and when they go to the playoffs, they're playing in some really tight games year in and year out. And if they all of a sudden, by the way, you know, especially as they now start to lose some guys. You know, Xander Rocco's going on to Minnesota this year, D1 ball player. They've got other guys who are going on playing college ball. There's no rule here that says that, you know, every year you're playing up. There's a good time. There's more times than not, you're probably going to stay within your own classification. We'll see how it plays out. It is ripe for controversy, though, because you are going to you're most definitely going to have arguments. It's subjective. Uh, they're going to try to put down mathematical 
things that are objective, but you know, it's the same thing, though. I go back to this, though. When you start having adults dictating youth sports, and high school sports are youth sports, you're always ripe for problems. You get too many adults involved, and problems will occur. But I think the idea itself is fine. And it's probably going to be messy to begin with. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. It'll also be interesting to see if they actually do go through with it. Just because you have it there on paper doesn't mean you automatically, you know, somebody actually invokes it. We'll see. Uh, the Chippewa Steel had their season come to an end over the weekend. The Steel made the North American Hockey League playoffs for the first time. Uh, were swept in their best of five first round series by the division's top seed uh, out of, based out of Eagle River, Wisconsin, which as an aside note, when I first started in the North American Hockey League 20 years ago, you were in Billings and Bozeman, Montana, and you know the Dallas, Texas area. You you were in cities. Now, now if you've got a hundred, if you've got a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, they'll give you they'll give you a, a team. Nothing against Eagle River, but Eagle River is not a minor league hockey market, and that's really what the NHL is. But I I I, I digress. Steel. Bounced in the first round of the playoffs, but still a successful season. They got through that barrier where this franchise had not been in the playoffs. And the only way to really generate traction for your minor league hockey franchise is to have that playoff run. And they got into the playoffs. Boy, if they'd been able to get through the first round and extend it, I'll tell you, there would have been a lot of excitement. There already was a good amount of it. Uh, was hoping I was planning on going to the game on Saturday if they had won on Friday. I was busy on Friday night. They unfortunately lost on Friday, so I was not able to experience the energy of the playoff game. But by all accounts, very good crowd on Friday night. Uh, you had a couple local players have good seasons for the Steel. Peyton Platter had 31 points. Joe Kelly had 22 points. So the Steel also with a local flavor, the vast majority of players coming from outside the area, but you have good local hockey, and I think it's, if it's valid, if it's valid, I think it's good to have one or two local players on the roster. I think that's a good thing for the steel to have, but you can't force it either. You, if you're going to put somebody local, you got to make sure that they're one of your, your better players, and, and, that, and that's what the steel had with Platter and with Kelly. So the Steel made the playoffs this year. The Looking ahead to next year, we'll see what they're able to do. They'll likely need to replace both their goaltenders. Uh, that'll be a big question mark going in next year. But can they build off of this year? You've got momentum. Some people began to think of the Steel again for the first time in a couple of years. So are they able to build off of this next year? The long-term future of the franchise is very much in doubt because of the new facility that's going to be built at Valley Sports Academy and the likelihood, I know, of a USHL franchise going into that building from sources both in the area and out of the area that have told me. Uh, so the long-term future of the Steel franchise and the NEHL is right now in limbo, but the short-term future, uh, you'd expect that, the, I, I think this team has established an identity, and I think they have developed 
uh, a bit of a, a fan base that they were looking for. Uh, the Eau Claire Marathon over the weekend did not get a, a, to- a, a word on total finishers. I was looking for that. But uh, uh, knew one person that participated in the marathon, said it was great. Uh, I was, you know, the weather was not great, so I was not about to go downtown and watch the, the, mar- the marathon. And we'll touch on that in a moment. But 15th annual marathon, and we've said before, I think really in the couple of years before the pandemic, and now I think starting, you're, you're getting, this is becoming now something that is on the area's calendar. The university does a great job, a number of the athletic teams, a number of the organizations, they really look forward to, to Marathon Sunday. It's becoming much more of a annual party for this area. What kind of dampened it this year? Said the same thing for Jazz Fest. We'll talk about the same thing with Blue Gold Baseball is we just, the weather has not cooperated. And it's not just the weather was bad on Sunday. The weather hasn't been good for weeks. If you have good weather in the spring, and it doesn't have to be great, it doesn't have to be 80 degrees and sunny, but 50, 60, you're getting that smell in the air, and people want to get out and do things. April events, if you have great weather, can quickly blow up. Because people want to get out and do something. If Sunday's weather had been very good, they did very well, I know, downtown with the marathon. Very well. So it's not like it was bad. But it would have been twice as big if the weather was good. Because you'd get many more people that maybe don't have a direct tie to the marathon. They just want to be out and experience Something because it's 50, 60 degrees. You want to get outside. Most of your own activities that you do outside aren't quite available yet in April and May. People aren't necessarily going to the cabin on a good April weekend. You know, people aren't opening up their backyard pool. All right. You're not having a big family backyard barbecue in April when you have a beautiful Sunday afternoon, but you still want to get out. And do something. So it's unfortunate that you didn't you, you, you didn't get it for the Jazz Fest. You didn't get it for the marathon. Both events still did very well. But you, 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 you'll you leave going, man, I, I, I wish, we, wish we could have had just a little bit more. Like going to a concert with an artist that you really, really like. And maybe they play a couple of their hits. But the concert ends and you go, man, I... I I wish they'd played, you know, not necessarily my favorite song. They played my absolute favorite song, but, man, I wish they'd played, you know, these two other songs that I really, really like. You, you, you're kind of left wanting more. And I think that's what you get with the weather there. But I don't want to bury the lead, which I already have. Something like the marathon, a great thing for this area to have. And it's one of those things you check off in your market now is a big road race. You, you, it's, 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 if you want to be a community, you've got to have some type of big road race. Where, where I'm from in upstate New York, uh, in Utica, New York, we have uh, what at times has been the country's largest 15K road race. You know, some 11, 12, 13,000 runners in that. It, it takes place over the summer. It's, it's since been passed in the last few years, and they've actually decreased the size of the number of runners in it. But that's a big deal. It's a it's a weekend party in that area, and I I see the marathon 
really progressing in the last four or five years towards that level there. You know, the, the marathon itself doesn't quite bring in the elite runners like the event I just referenced back in my area. It doesn't bring in you know, a bunch of elite runners. They're not paying for elite runners to come in. It's not on the scale of Grandma's Marathon in Duluth, but it has gone considerably in the last few years from just something that closed down roads and was almost a nuisance in our area to something that is very much on our area's annual calendar. And if you, and, and more times than not, uh, I would say over a course of a five-year period, maybe this year you didn't have anybody you knew directly in the marathon, but maybe next year you'll have four people you know in the marathon. Maybe you yourself will participate in the marathon. So a great thing there. Uh, we'll take a break, come back. we got some blue-gold sports to hit up on next here on the Sports Watch. Hi, this is Craig Toyson. At a Toyson Ford, whether it's buying a new vehicle or having your current one repaired, we take customer service very seriously. And a big part of that is making sure that we have the same familiar faces each and every time you visit. We take great pride in the longevity of our staff, and it shows in the kindness and the good care we give each of our customers. But don't take our word for it. Read our reviews online and ask anyone with a Toyson sticker on the back of their car. They'll gladly tell you why you'll find a friend at Toyson Ford. Mentioned the weather uh, with the marathon and whatnot. Same thing applies to Blue Gold Baseball. Uh, the Blue Gold Baseball team's only had a couple of home dates total. Uh, softball's been limited to, and that's the thing. Your, your crowds for baseball and softball in the spring, they are 95% dependent on the weather. Uh, there's, really, there's already free admission. If you had nice spring days, like on Saturday, Blue Gold Baseball was home. If you have a nice spring day, I mean sunny and, and 60 even, you have 600 people at the ballpark on Saturday. No question, because people want to get out. Said it was cold, damp, drizzly. It's, it, had the, it was just, just, it was a yucky day. It's been that way nearly the whole spring. So you just don't get people to come out to blue goal baseball or softball when it's when it's like that. And I don't blame people for, for not necessarily getting out when the weather is the way that it is. Uh, blue goal baseball, hard to believe, third season they've been in existence. Third season. It, 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 the pandemic has thrown everything out of whack as far as timing and whatnot. Uh, but their third season of existence, remember, remember they were one of the first things that people could attend in person in this area was Blue Gold Baseball in the spring of 2021. They were one of the first things that you could actually attend in person in this area was Blue Gold Baseball. But the baseball team in its third season, having a down season this year, I can't hide it. You can look at the, the records. You can look at the, uh, the, the, the win-loss record and the results of the games and some of the big blowouts. It's not catastrophic what's gone on this year. First year was, was rough to be expected. Second year, you saw some growth last year. You saw some some talent there for this blue goal team as you started to get some more of these players come in. That was kind of the first real recruiting class that Charles Bolden had because a number of the guys he was recruiting when he first got the town were a couple of years out. Now this year, you've, you've taken a step back, and you have to be reminded it's not always a linear growth. It's not always a linear growth. 
That doesn't mean that it's okay what's happened this season, but it's not always a linear growth. You, you, you go up for a couple years, then you take a step back, and then you keep, then you keep going back. Uh, be interested to see how the program uh, moves on from this. Again, as I said, it's not catastrophic what's happening. What really has shown out this year is a need for pitching. Baseball, though, and this is what cannot be lost, is a lot like football in the sense the WIAC is one of the strongest baseball conferences there is. There is the y, there is the WIAC, a couple other conferences, and then about 10 levels and everybody else. So the Blue Goal baseball team, and you already saw it earlier in the year, they are very competitive against teams that are outside of the WIAC, including some, some Minnesota conference teams. So the Blue Golds are very competitive, but you place them in the WIAC against some national powers like Whitewater, Oshkosh, Stevens Point, it becomes a little bit more of a struggle. It becomes highlighted then, a lot like in football, where the football program, very good outside the WIAC, but right now isn't quite there with some of the WIAC competitors. It gives you something to shoot for. It's not something anybody's okay with, but it gives you something to shoot for. Baseball team needs some pitching. That's what they'll go out and try to try to do. Uh, great to see the alumni for the baseball team there on Saturday. The the alumni, many alums, uh, they had a big run of alums from the early '80s who were there this year. The alumni day for baseball has sneakily been one of the best alumni days of any of the programs. the The baseball alumni day does very very well. They, I think they had close to some thirty some odd former players who were there. Many of the former players do continue to live in the Chippewa Valley, so that you know that does make a, a bit of a difference. And again, a lot of the alums are from this group that was from the early '80s. Uh, and, re- and remember, there was baseball right through the mid '90s that was played on campus until there was the 25-year absence. But still, good to see the the alumni that were there, and genuinely, genuinely. Those alumni are still, still to this moment, so excited to have baseball back at the university. Because many of those were the same alumni that pushed for that 25-year period to get baseball back. And sometimes there was some, sometimes there was some traction. Many times they were trying to speak a rumor into existence. And then finally... It occurred, so uh, very genuine to have, uh, very, they are all genuinely happy to have baseball back. Uh, Blue Gold Track and Field hosted their first meet in some 20 years on Friday. Again, I talk about the weather. Weather was nice on Friday afternoon, but by the evening it wasn't that great. But it kind of snuck up on us. For tw- this, this national championship level program, Track and Field, had not held a, a home meet in 20 years. And the thought always had been when they would first host a meet, it would be a big deal in the Chippewa Valley. Even I didn't go to it because it just sort of snuck up on the schedule because it's, it's felt like we were, it, it, because of the weather, it still feels like we're sort of in March, doesn't it? So it never, it, 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 you didn't quite get that weather enthusiasm for it. Now, again, the, the positive out of this, though, is I talked to some people that were at that track and field event. They said it went by very smoothly. 
if you have not been to, especially now that they've got the bleachers at Simpson Field, get out to Simpson Field. I know the 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 adult amateur football team is going to play at Simpson Field this summer. Maybe go out and see that. You get a sense of how beautiful that it already is. Great, and it's going to be even better when they finish the stadium. That is a that is going to be a great on campus venue, Simpson Field. There's something about having Claremont Avenue there, but you have the trees. It, it's got both a collegial but an urban setting as well. It's it's just go there and you'll feel an energy. There's an energy at Simpson Field that you can't duplicate at, say, Carson Park. And Carson Park has its charms, very bucolic. Simpson Field is not Carson Park. It is it is different. I'm not going to sit here and say it's better or worse. I'm just saying it is different, and I think you're going to just like the atmosphere that is there. It's something completely different that some people may enjoy more, some people might not, but I think think you're going to think it's different, and I think you're going to like it. So get, use it as, as an excuse to get out there. Uh, and then finally, uh, Blue Gold Football officially released their schedule. About a week or so ago, uh, no night home games. Disappointed to not see any any home night games, but I know there's there's many reasons why you have to you have to get the opponent to agree to a night game as well. So disappointed you don't get any any night games at a home this year, but eh, is what it is. Uh, Rob Erickson, head coach of the football team, great to see him out and about. He's getting his his athletes out, his athletes going and seeing other. Blue Gold athletes in their games. Rob has been out and about. Great to see. I said it since I first met him. I've said it on this program. You, you hope he's a very good football coach. He's got some pelts on the wall. There's no reason to think he's not going to be successful on the field with his team. You can't guarantee that, though. But by all means, I, I see nothing that should shake that confidence. The one thing I am very much willing to guarantee, though, is he can sell his program. He can sell his program both to, to, to prospective players and also to this community. He is very much an outgoing, likable guy. If you have a civic organization in town and you're looking for somebody to speak to your group, reach out to the Blue Golds and ask for Rob Erickson. He, he can... He, he, he is uh, by far. I, I I would he would be a great banquet speaker. I just have this feeling he is a great banquet speaker, uh, and you need that. There is you need there is an element of that. You try to sell your program, and there's no better example on that campus than Tanya Anglin with Blue Gold Women's Basketball. She has been very successful on the court, and she's been extremely successful off the court, too. And that, that 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 she has created an out. She's created a very strong program, right there. And I I, I have a feeling. I just have this feeling that uh, in ten years we'll be talking about a blue gold football program that not only is winning on the field, but you know, Rob Erickson may very well turn out to be uh, the the next celebrity to come out of blue gold athletics. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the uh, Chippewa Valley Sports Watch. We're back with you in a couple of weeks with our season finale of the Sports Watch. Until then, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.